0: Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling, the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's lively discussion. Welcome back to You Can Homeschool. My name is Tracy Hagerman, author of The Happy Homeschooler, and I'm here once again with the lovely Pat Fenner from Breakthrough Homeschooling. And do we ever have a topic for you today? Our topic is, what do I do when I'm trying to school and I also have little ones? So Pat has five children. I have three, so I am so looking forward to hear what Pat has to say about how she managed to homeschool when she had the little ones.
1: Uh, yeah, I so we had five kids, and I know that uh, many of you kind of struggle with that concept. And, and I think where it comes from is picturing or a blackboard, or and delivering a lesson that your children will just sit enraptured, you know, hanging on to every word you have to offer. And what I need to tell you right now is snap out of it. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually good news i have to tell you it really that is good news because that is not life it's not realistic uh even though you will have a wonderful or i have confidence that you can have a wonderful homeschool uh experience it's not they won't be hanging on every word but that's a good thing cuz it kind of frees you so be that as it may i just wanted to set that up for a for a foundation because i had different as I mentioned, or as Tracy mentioned, I had five kids, had five kids, and I had all different kinds of permutations. So I want to give you a brief snapshot of how that was so you can understand where I'm coming from. So we had two children, uh, two years apart, and then we had a space of nine years. So by the time our uh, third child came along, our two older children were, you know, upper elementary, I guess, well, elementary school at least and then we had three three and four two years apart and then four years later had number five so i had a combination of older kids with younger kids and a gaggle of younger kids and a gaggle of older kids and the two gaggles and trying to you know work them out together so i think i went through a lot of permutations in terms of homeschooling with little ones and which And so your, you know, your situation obviously may may vary. Well, everyone's unique, but I guess the one, the biggest takeaway that I hope you you leave with after listening to both of us is that, however it works, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's going to look different. Uh, It will look different for you over time too. You know, one, you know, the same thing that you might have done when you had just two little ones that worked well may not work well when the two little ones are older and then you have other, more little ones around. You know, I hope you're you're getting my, my message. Things change and life changes and the techniques that you find you might have to use will change too. And that's okay. See, when I first started homeschooling, when things stopped working, I thought, what's wrong with me? You know, or darn it, I didn't find the right thing. I didn't find the answer or, well, I gotta chuck that and start from scratch, rather than giving myself and my kids and my situation grace and saying, and just looking at it and saying, Okay, well, things are different now, so we have to do something different. And and there's no value judgment on that. It it just it is what it is. So, what I would suggest, after having been through all that and basically coming out in one piece. I think we all came out fairly normal and, you know, insane, certainly functioning. Uh, it, you, it, don't be afraid to experiment. Okay. So when I had my two older ones, that was homeschooling. Homeschooling was having little ones around and it was a lot of fun and it was a lot of play and it was a lot of exploration. We did a lot of discovery learning, uh, delight directed things. I just, my oldest son did spend a few of his formative years, first uh, first and second grade, first and second and half of his third grade in a traditional school setting, both public and Christian. That, that's, a, that's a whole nother episode, that, that, that whole story. And uh, when we pulled him home, you know, pulled him out and brought him home, it was really kind of starting from scratch, but I had already been homeschooling our second daughter, so it Everything really did fit in, and it was a lot of fun. It was it was just wonderful. And then when the little ones came along, by that time we had kind of established uh, at least routines with the then uh, nine and eleven year old, so we that was not that wasn't a, too much of a problem. Now as the two younger ones came along and started, you know, climbing around, crawling around, they need attention. Two older ones are older. Hey, they're getting my stuff, kind of thing. Uh, the concept of uh, well, two concepts that I found immensely, you know, immensely helpful was having a morning basket. So we all did the same thing: the older ones and the younger ones. We started. We had Bible time together. We did some read-alouds, and uh, we would the two, then I would break off and do a kind of a craft with the younger ones while the older ones got started on on their day, and that just helped kind of set the stage for the day, and it was really it became a routine that all of the kids at all the different ages uh became accustomed to and so it it really helped us get started um but the other concept that was really helpful moving forward was having a i call it a school box each of the little kids for the little kids the older ones by that time had they knew what they needed to do we had their materials uh i knew what areas they needed my specific uh, one-on-one or two-on-one help with but the younger ones had materials that they only got to play with, or books they only got to read, or crafts they only got to do when we were in, uh, when we were in, uh, you know quote unquote, school mode. So when the when the older ones had you know, book work that they had to do, the younger ones had materials, a, a box of materials that, hey, this is great, we can get into. And they weren't things that I was worried about them breaking or that they needed a lot of attention from me but they were just set up for that, for that time. And now that took some training too. You know, I don't want you to think that, uh, you'll, you'll get off this podcast and you'll go put together a school box for the younger kids. And tomorrow it's going to work like magic. It, it took some training. It took some, uh, you know, practice getting into the routine and kind of thing, but it was well worth the effort. You know, the transition kind of, was kind of a little rough while we were figuring this out but it was well worth the effort and as the kids aged we were able to replace the routines we had with new routines because we already had the pattern down Mm -hmm. so i just want to encourage you and i know tracy's going to share her stories because you know sometimes we have uh live wires in our home and uh, i know that (laughs) tracy had one of those and fortunately my kids they were enthusiastic, but uh, we we could manage it. <laughs> but I know some of you are saying, oh, well, that is just not my kid. You know, that's not my son. That's not my daughter. And Tracy's going to speak to that. But I do just want to encourage you that things take time. Uh, this goes back to what we have said in other episodes, too, about you have to really understand where your family, how they work, how, how they all learn together, uh, how they temperament, you know, and, and that all becomes part of working out a routine, working out a system for homeschooling, especially where, separ- where different ages are concerned, and especially when there's a wide gap. You know, if you have a large family, too, and your oldest one's in high school, and then you've just had a kid, which happens, right? Uh, you know, you'll have to uh, rinse and repeat and tweak as needed kind of thing. So, uh, okay, I that's that's I'm sure I'll have stuff to to add later, but Tracy, please go ahead. Tell share us, share us share Okay. Us. Well. Um.
0: Okay, so I'm going to start by telling you a little snippet of our kids with their personalities. Our eldest is a boy, very quiet. You know, you tell him, okay, sit over there and do something. He did, like you know, angel's birth. Just easy, just his personality, very easygoing. He's neither really happy or really sad. He's always kind of just in the middle, just really easygoing. And then our second child, um, Christy, she's the true academic. So if you give her a book and say, "Do this, follow the directions," she'll follow. It. That's just her. She'll. And if you say, "Okay, we're going to do this auditorily, we're going to learn this," I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, <laughs> this way, <laughs> don't learn from us all. Um, She was just that, you know, if I had put her in school, I'm sure academically she would have done fine. It didn't matter. She's adapts to the situation. So I used to be this, this mother, this is a confession here, who used to think, oh, look at those, that parent, she can't control her kids. And then God humbled me (laughs) and brought me my wonderful little bubbly (laughs) Brook, And I used to think my house was childproof until I had Brooke and she could get into anything and take anything apart. So when we decided to homeschool, my son um, was five. So kindergarten, like the first year of homeschooling. So I had the five-year-old, the three-year-old and the newborn. And so for that first year, it was lovely because a newborn sleeps quite a bit. And you just kind of go with it. Um, So then, you know, after one year of homeschooling, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this down. I mean, in kindergarten, you're doing what, half an hour, 20 minutes? I don't know. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, like, good for you, Trace. You got this all sorted out. And then Brooke learned to walk on actually her first birthday. It was exactly on the day. And she never walked. She ran. And she climbed. And she tumbled and she was the most curious child ever so so then I was like oh I really don't have this figured out but I had a friend and my friend had seven daughters and they homeschooled and I said to you I need help (laughs) lots of help tell me, how do you manage? And so I learned a lot of things from this lovely lady. And I'm going to share some of them with you. So the first thing is you can use sleep time when your little ones are really young, you can use, you know, when they're really young, often they're having a morning nap and an afternoon nap. So you can definitely take advantage of that time to work with your other children who might need, you know, your undivided attention, depending on their, how they learn. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, The other thing I would do is, um, Pat, you were talking about you had like a box or a basket that you would use. Well, we had this thing where there were certain toys that were only allowed during school time. So Brooke knew that that, you know, thing locked away. She was able to play with that um only during school time so that kept her busy now i had to keep what those toys were um new (laughs) novel so at the time we did belong to something called a toy library where we could check out toys Um, i don't know during COVID if that would work but you could check out toys keep them for a week and exchange them the next week so i just saved those for that time and then i also had a friend who lived geographically close and we would trade toys just to keep our little ones busy and something novel. So those are a few ideas of things that helped us. Um, Also, um, I found that, I don't know about you, but I'm not great with a lot of clutter and kids have constant clutter. So what I did after a while was I thought, okay, they don't need all these toys out so that every day I'm putting away all the Lego, all the connects, all the building blocks, all the trains. So what I would do is I would take a a large portion of it put it in our basement away from our homeschooling area because initially we just homeschooled at our kitchen table Mm -hmm. or you know in the living room on the couch whatever Mm -hmm. it was always pretty casual had to be comfortable you know it's always a cup of tea nearby (laughs) you gotta make it fun so um I would take a lot remove a lot of the toys so that um I would swap those out because obviously our youngest, she didn't go in the basement without us because there were a lot of little pieces of the, you know, the Lego and stuff that our other kids like. play with. So I would swap out just toys in our, in her environment so that I box them up for a, six months. And then when they came out again, they seemed new again. So that's something that I really used a lot. It just helped keep her busy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing is include them. Like, that's really the easiest. So if your kids are sitting at the table and they're working on math sheet, then you just take out a piece of paper and say, you know, can you draw two apples or something? Just involve them. They just want to be a part of it. They don't want to be left out. And so they might color. They might be there with Play-Doh. Just have them sitting there. Oftentimes, Brooke would be on my lap. She's a very huggy child. She loves to be held and she was constantly moving, but she just wanted to be part of it. So I just let her be a part of it. And sometimes I'd, you know, over her shoulder, and my son would say, Mom, I don't understand this part. And I'd just be explaining it. So what? Um, I see lots of moms where they carry their baby on the like little carrier, um, close to them all the time. Like I, I had never done that, but I was like, Well, that's so neat. You just go about your day, and your child's there. They just need your time, and they don't want to feel like they're put on the side. So include them. And then um, the other thing that my friend with the seven kids told me is utilize your older kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They need to practice reading aloud, have them read aloud to the younger ones, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: have them read their story, whatever they wrote to their younger ones. And so I was like, oh yeah, I kind of felt like, oh yeah, I have to do all the homeschooling. That well, that's a pleasure for them because they're sharing their work as well with their younger siblings. So there's nothing wrong with that. Of you know, taking time that you know this child will you know for this half an hour spend with this child doing a craft or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a collaborative unit, and your homeschooling is a family. It doesn't have to be like okay you know, it's grade one and grade four and they have to be sitting there doing their own little thing. You collaborate and you make it work. And what a skill you're teaching your own children for when they have their own children and are just juggling chores and laundry and shopping and...
1: Well, really any work. any situation. To, yeah. the, the, the ability to be able to juggle multiple things that have to be done and priorities, you know, and... and shift all that is truly a skill that is transferable to almost anything that you know that they do yeah yeah
0: and and adding to that I often hear um, parents talk about you know my kids are you know I want them to focus on their studies so you know I don't ask them to do any chores or anything at home and this is probably a whole other topic but I would hear this and I would think well you're that's not setting them up for success because When they're an adult, they have multiple things to manage. And if you're like, okay, just focus on school. Well, how are they ever going to do anything else? So I really think that there's so many opportunities in homeschooling to, um, Teach that by showing your kids how you juggle all those balls and how you do it joyfully. It's not perfect, it's not always going to work perfectly. And some days that little one just needs your attention. And some days those older ones, even though they're struggling, are just going to have to figure it out sometimes on their own. You know what? You're struggling with your math, give it another go. Right.
1: That's definitely a topic that we'll be discussing in another uh, episode, too. Life skills. What kind of life skills? Well, two aspects to that. What kind of life skills do you need to teach via chores? Uh, But what other life skills are you are inadvertently teaching as well? And that's going to be an exciting episode, which you will definitely want to um, be tuned for one of the things i have to uh point out too that i was thinking of as you were speaking tracy when you were talking about including your your kids uh and that sometimes the younger ones just need your attention one of the things i found was when your kids are acting up you know especially if you're working with an older the older ones or an older one and the younger ones start acting up uh you know you're you're immediate or initial response is I've got to get them to behave. You know, this is, this is annoying. Why can't they just listen? Why can't they just play quietly? But what I found was if I was able to tell my older one, for example, uh, Hey, can you just keep working on this for a minute? You know, especially try this problem or, you know, read this section. I'm going to go tend to your brother or sister. You give them five or 10 minutes. Sometimes all they want to know is some, they just want some reassurance. So if they can't just sit on your lap and you know be quiet while you're working with your older one, go and sit on the floor with them. Read them a short picture book. Uh, give them a snack. Sometimes kid, little kids yes. can act up because they're hungry. And yes. maybe it's great snack time for everybody. Let's all sit around the table and have a snack. You know, but just tend to them for a few minutes, and you'd be surprised that then they'll go on their. They often can go will go on their merry way you can finish focusing. They just needed that little break from, or that little piece of attention from mom. You don't have to spend an hour, you know, and do a big thing about it, but people at any age want to be reassured. And that's often what, what the, all the mess is about, you know, what the, all the fuss is about.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, we ha- always have an agenda as a mom. It's like, okay, I want this one to do their math and this one to do their writing and a little one. But our children have agendas too, yeah. which is I'm hungry or I need a hug from mom or I, I want to be a part of this. And and so to get that eyes off of our schedule, mm-hmm. you know, and more into okay, we're gonna just work with this here. It's we're we're just gonna make this work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the other thing is um I one of the things nice. I also did is I I had a friend who lived nearby who also homeschooled. And I know that's not always the case, but we planned play dates sometimes for our kids. And sometimes it was the older ones or whatever, but sometimes you can do that with your little ones too. Like take their child for half an hour and do crafts or something. So your older ones can, can study and then your friend might take yours at a different time. Um, And, and, and if you have that sort of regularly in your schedule, like every two weeks or something, then you know you have a pocket of time that if there's something that one of the other children is really needing mm-hmm. some one-on-one to get through something that they're really struggling with and they need that real focus, then you know that you have that time already put aside. So that, that's something that helped us too. And the other thing was um, go outside with your kids. I, I'm really a strong proponent of mm-hmm. exercise, exercise, eating healthy, going outside for the kids and for you as the mom. So, you know, mid morning you're, you might be thinking, Oh, I wanted to have everything finished by lunch, which is something that we tried to do because my kids really liked having their afternoons open, mm-hmm. but that didn't always work. So sometimes it was like, you know, it's 1030, 11 o'clock, whatever. We still have work to do, but you know what? Let's grab an apple and let's head over to the park mm-hmm. and just that outdoor time. Is a change of environment so that when you come back, your child, who's had time outside, mm-hmm. often is happy to go in the corner and play with some things right. or look at books. And you yourself have had that break. So you're more patient. You, I always find I had more wisdom when I felt you know refreshed and uh, like I said, exercise, outdoor, fresh air. And so I had that wisdom to be able to switch up and to be more patient overall. So definitely, you know, take those breaks, just go out. And, and I know sometimes people say like, oh, but it's such an interruption. And, you know, by the time we went to the park, they wanted to play for this long. And, you know, what was supposed to be 20 minutes turned into an hour, an hour and a half. So be it. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes I just found when they got back, I'd say to the other two, okay, I know you really want to be finished earlier, but we're just going to do this one thing.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: will we'll be
1: done for the day. And you or, you, or, or you can take the lessons outside too. You know, <laughs> well, let's all we have left is, is reading. So let's take a blanket out and sit out on the you know sit out in the back porch, sit out in the grass, and do the reading out there. Yes. Uh, but you know, you mentioned you said you felt like you had more wisdom and stuff when you come back. But there there is science behind that. You know, when you get moving, when you get in fresh air, you get you're getting more oxygen to your brain. which helps you think clearer and so you are smarter or you know more able to handle whatever's coming up yeah yeah
0: yeah. and so and then one of the other things I was um uh oh oh yeah and and add to that get enough sleep (laughs) you may say like oh I'm feeling haggard whatever all day whatever but we need to get enough sleep and sometimes we think oh I just want to go relax I'm gonna go watch Netflix or I'm gonna go you know on my phone or whatever. And I think a lot of those times what we should be doing is just going to bed early and maybe read a book in bed. I love reading. Mm
1: -hmm. And if I
0: took that time and if I start to read in bed, I usually fall asleep really quick. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would be refreshed the next day, but recognizing that we don't have to be on the go all the time. And, and to also understand that with homeschooling, regardless how many children you have, and, and I say this, because I have a lot of friends that have more kids than I do and homeschooled and their kids all ended up doing well is you don't need to be spending all day on the academics, the, the mm-hmm. books. So give yourself some grace. And sometimes when it doesn't go as you, know, you planned or on that agenda and just know that in the long term, as long as you're moving forward every day, all of those little bits add up mm-hmm. and your children will move along. Now, the other thing that's so amazing, which I really found, is because my youngest one was always around, and she's an auditory learner, when it came time that she was covering material that the kids had taken, you know, three, four years before her, because she'd been around, she picked it up, and I would be, you know, sitting down to teach her something, and she would be able to tell me about this, you know, (laughs) history book or something, because, she had been there and heard it, and it astounded me how much she retained. So I was like, "Okay, well, um, you kind of know that. So let's see, what can we go to next? So, you know, just ha- like have them around; they just want to be included. And I'm just going to end this part. I think that was all the the points I had. But I'm just going to end this part with a little story that um, really speaks to this and. One of the things we did when we were homeschooling is we had the opportunity to go skiing, downhill skiing for a number of weeks, um, like every Monday for eight to 10 weeks. If our snow lasted, we went and now people think, oh, okay, that's pretty expensive uh, endeavor. Well, I'll be honest with you. We went to all the thrift shops. We found the old skis that nobody wanted and we just passed them from child to child and I I'm telling you the truth that we probably never spent more than like $20 total (laughs) for each and we traded with friends. But so, so we were, um, so when, so the, the way this relates is our youngest daughter and originally that was her day with grandma, grandma lived nearby and grandma loved to spend time. And so she would get some time with grandma while we would go skiing. And that is really, I feel so privileged that we had that time. But what happened was she wanted to go skiing with us. She didn't want to be left out. So I was at a thrift shop one day and for $10, I found little tiny boots. Now our youngest was only three at the time. And I used to see these little ones on the hill and think, oh, that's crazy. They're gonna kill themselves going off. Like how could they even like, you know, control their movements on the hill, you know? And so we found this little pair of skis, boots, and um, uh, what do you call <laughs> ski poles. <laughs> And it was $10 for the thing. So, so my mother-in-law said, why don't I bring Brooke up at the end of the day? She can put them on and kind of play in the snow and feel like she went skiing. And I'm like, you would do that. And I'm like, okay. And then you can come, you and uh, grandpa can come to supper at our place. So we had this little routine. Well, Brooke, she wanted to be included. She loved being with grandma, but she wanted, what's this ski thing? I want to be skiing. Mm-hmm. Well, I kid you not that first day, she must've fell a hundred times, but she got up a hundred times. And within three weeks, that girl was skiing with us. She was so motivated. And so this energy child that was just like everywhere, she had learned how to ski. And I was like, oh, I'm that mom who's got the little, (laughs) they crazy. Like I said, God humbled me. But what it taught me was she wanted to be included. That was the most important thing to her, to be included. So include the little ones, use some of these little techniques, and as a family, you're going to grow, and you all need to contribute to each other, and helping each other be successful. So I really hope that helps you, but, yeah. and sometimes it's just chaos. It is, but you know what? They're grown now, and I miss the chaos. I miss it so hey. much. men. I miss
1: too. oh my gosh I, I, people would tell me enjoy these days and everything and I would roll my eyes because I thought easy for you to say but uh, yeah I'm, I'm like that mother now too thinking that I, I do try not to say that but yeah. I do think it a lot too yeah. that's what we've got for you today and uh, I hope you were able to find some little gems. We, we love talking with you, talking with each other and talking with you and encouraging you. So uh, again, there's there's a link in the show notes. So if, if there's a topic or uh, an area that you're struggling with in your homeschool that you would like to see us uh, speak to, because uh, not that we have all the answers, but we do have a lot of experience, especially between the two of us. And we would love to, you know, give you our thoughts on something, uh, if it would help, you know, that might help. You never know. So, uh, yeah. So do that. Take a look at the show notes. Uh, Follow that link if you have something to share with us. And we will uh, see how we can work that into our future episodes. But in the meantime, Tracy, thanks for spending some time with me again today. You too, Pat. (laughs) Right back at you. (laughs) And and we will catch y'all in the next episode. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye
0: well that wraps up another episode of the you can homeschool podcast thanks for joining us for another candid conversation for more information on life-changing books courses and coaching services or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show check our show notes for how to
1: reach out to pat and tracy